Today, we are beginning a new sermon series called Binge Reading the Bible. Um, And my hope with this series is to go through the key themes of the Bible and some of the key stories. Um, The Bible can be an intimidating book to read. It's long, and how do we make sense of it in our world today? Even in preparing for this series, which I have crammed into seven weeks, I realize what a big task this is because I'm going to have to fly over a lot. Um, But my hope is that you will indulge in the Word of God with me during this series. I looked up the word binge on Google, and according to Google, it means to indulge in an activity. And so I hope that you will indulge in reading the Scripture with me today. Today, we begin in Genesis. Um, Not hard to guess that we begin in Genesis with the creation story. Genesis 1-1. Right at the beginning of the Bible, it says... The Bible keeps closing on me. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw saw that the light was good. Another version that I was reading as I was preparing said that, in the beginning, said that the earth was complete chaos, and darkness covered the face of the deep before God came in and created something good. So out of the chaos, God created good. A couple weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I started a thousand-piece puzzle with my daughter. We've never done a puzzle this big before, and so I thought it would be a good idea. We bought it before we had a TV in our house, thought it would be something we could do. We ended up not doing it right away. But the past two weeks, we've been working on it, and we've only gotten the outside part and maybe a tiny little bit inside. The rest just looks like chaos. And so as I was reading the scripture... I thought of that puzzle, because even yesterday, Austin was asking if we could just put it away. He doesn't think we can finish it. Um, So I was thinking about this chaos, that God took the chaos and the darkness and created something beautiful. And jumping down to verse 31, it says that God saw, when God finished the creation, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. In the beginning, God's creation was very good. And so the first thing I want you to remember about Genesis is that God creates good things. God And God delights in his creation. But do you ever wonder why bad things happen? That's where my mind goes. When I, when I read of Genesis about all the good, the good creation, I wonder what went wrong. Or have you ever heard the phrase that everything happens for a reason? People will sometimes say this when bad things happen. We want to know why the bad things happen. We want a reason. We want an explanation. But sometimes there is no explanation for the bad things that happen. And so I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. Sometimes bad things just happen and there is no rhyme or reason. I don't know why bad things happen because when I read the scriptures, it says it wasn't a part of God's original plan for humanity. It says, in the beginning, God's creation was good. Evil was never a part of God's original plan or design. 
When God created humans, God said in Genesis 1:26, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And again, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And I love the way the Apostle Paul says it in Ephesians. He says, we are God's handiwork, God's workmanship. Another version says God's masterpiece. Depending on which translation you read, that language reminds us of an artist, an artist that takes pride in his work. Paul goes on to say that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So if evil was not a part of God's original intent and design, why do bad things happen? Sometimes I think bad things happen and there's no good explanation. There's no good explanation for the cancer diagnosis or the terrorist attack, the death in the family. These things happen, but they were not a part of God's original design. When God created the heavens and the earth, God said that it was good, and it was good. So where did things go wrong? Why do bad things happen? It wasn't until the fall in Genesis 3 that bad things began to happen. It was after the fall, when sin entered the world, that we begin to see things like painful childbirth. That's a bad thing. We see human hierarchy, men ruling over women and people being sold into slavery. We see murder in chapter 4 when Cain kills Abel. It doesn't take long for bad things to take root in God's good creation. The story of Adam and Eve is probably one of the most popular in the Bible. Even those who who are unfamiliar with the church have probably heard of Eve, Adam and Eve. Eve ate the apple, right? And when you hear these stories through the lens of pop culture, it often sounds like that apple just looked juicy. They just wanted that juicy fruit and couldn't resist. So why did they eat from the forbidden tree? I'm going to take you to Genesis 3, 2 through 5 now. It says, The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The irony of this story here, I think, is that They were created in the image of God. They were created to be like God. But here, the serpent is telling them, if you eat from the apple, you will be like God. And the irony is that they were already created in the image of God, but they wanted more. They wanted autonomy. They wanted to self-govern. They didn't want God's rule. They wanted their own rule. And the serpent was right about one thing. Their eyes were open. When sin entered the world, so did pain, shame, and chaos. Bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. 
God did not want to create us to be robots. He gave us a choice. And humans chose sin. And we're still living in the results of that sin. The entirety of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is all about a faithful God who does not give up on a faithful people. It doesn't take long for sin to spot a little out of control. If you keep reading Genesis, you'll read about how Cain kills Abel, and then there's a flood because things are so bad. And even then, things spiral to the Tower of Babel where people are trying to reach God because, again, they want to be like God, not realizing they were already created in the image of God. But the book of Genesis is also where God begins a rescue plan. And we're going to turn now to Genesis 12. This is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible, and you'll probably hear me reference it a few times over the next several weeks and months, just because I love it so much. But this is the call of Abraham. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All people on earth will be blessed through you. It says all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God promises to bless him. And says that all people will be blessed through him. He's blessed so that he can be a blessing to others. When Adam and Eve were created, they were given a purpose and a plan. They were created in the image of God to be co-laborers with God, to fill and subdue the land, it says. And when the fall happened, they're subjected to futility and death. They did die, not right away, but they did Die like God had said. And here in Genesis 12, we see that God is restoring that meaning and purpose. God is blessing Abraham so that Abraham can bless others. And the good news is there is still hope. The God who created the heavens and the earth is still at work in our world. God can redeem even the worst of situations. On my first day in the office here at church, Lori gave me a tour of the church, and she was showing me all the rooms and the closets. And as she was showing me everything, she showed me the closet where the sewers keep their things, where the fabric is stored. And she starts telling me this story about this fabric that she didn't really like. She told me it was kind of ugly. And as she was telling me the story, she starts telling me that it led to this idea for a competition that they cut it into squares and all the quilters have squares and the competition is to see who can make something beautiful out of it. And I don't know how all the quilts turned out, but I saw Karen's and it, it looks good. And that is how God works. God takes the ugly in our world and he can make something beautiful out of it. God never intended for the ugly in this world to happen, but there's nothing too ugly that God can't redeem. It's just like in the beginning, where it's formless and void, chaos and darkness, and without shape and form, God breathes and makes something new, makes something beautiful. He just says, let there be light, and there is light, and it is good. God brings order out of chaos. There's a story at the end of Genesis about a guy named Joseph. Some of you might be familiar with him. 
Joseph had a lot of bad things happen to him. His brother sold him into slavery and he winds up in prison. But out of all that, through God's help, he begins to work with Pharaoh. And he rises in position and he saves many people because he begins storing grain for the upcoming famine. And although many bad things happened in his life, God was able to redeem that story. At the end of the story, Joseph, he says to his brothers, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. God is at work redeeming Joseph's story. It reminds me of the song Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when we don't see it, God is at work in our midst. And that is good news. While I can't explain why bad things happen, I do know that God never stops working on our behalf. In Genesis 50, 20, when Joseph is talking to his brothers, when he says that you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. When Joseph says this, that word intended in Hebrew It means to weave. It also means to weave. So in other words, he's saying, you wove evil against me, but God rewove it together for good. In other words, I always always think of a blanket when I think about this story. I think about a blanket being knit together. And even when it's being unraveled through the chaos of this world, God is right there knitting it together, knitting something new and something beautiful a story of life, hope, and wholeness. So God can take the chaos, the darkness, that which was intended for evil, and make it good. It's like the ugly fabric. There's no fabric too ugly for God. God is able to make beauty out of ashes. And God's people are also called to partner with God. In the creation narrative, we see that we were created to be co-laborers with God, to reflect God's image to the world. And that's still our call today. We, like Abraham, are called to be a blessing to others. God blesses us so that we can bless others. We were created to do good works, to partner with God in weaving something beautiful. And just this morning, I heard a testimony about a woman who had had come here during COVID looking for prayer for her friend who was on a respirator. And she shared this testimony yesterday that the worship team was able to pray with this woman. And the woman shared yesterday that her friend made it out of the hospital. Everyone else on that wing did not make it out, but her friend made it out. And it was because of the prayers of the people. God takes, God takes illness and the unredeemable things and he can sell a new story through the power of prayer. The church this past week was given this prayer bowl. I had never heard of a parable before, but I thought it was beautiful, and it gave me an idea. I put some paper, scrap paper, in the backs of the chairs, and there's pens in the chairs. And I was thinking, if you, during this last song with the worship team, if there's a prayer or something, some kind of illness or darkness or chaos in your life, if you want to jot down a prayer, you can jot it down and put it in this prayer bowl. And I will, they'll be confidential prayer. You don't even have to put your name on them, but I'll be praying for them this week. If you drop a prayer request in there, I will personally pray for it this week. Um, And that is all I have in my notes for today. If the worship team can come up.
But I do want to pray over this first. Dear Lord, you are the God who hears us. You are the God who sees our needs before we even know about them, Lord. You answer our prayers, Lord. And I pray for these people here that whatever is going on in their life, whether it be illness or a broken relationship, whatever is going on in their lives, I pray that you will answer those prayers. And Lord, I pray that you will be with these people this week so that they can be a blessing to others. Bless them so that they can bless others, Lord. And we give all the glory and honor and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.